Cousin with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this Friday on the front porch, the first day of March 2024. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Won't be saying that for much longer. 5 to 8 p.m. Or, uh, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the Great Globe Round. And where if you pop in right now, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers. The early arrivers for this Friday on the front porch, the first day of March, being Theo and Squeaky and Kid Mark. Hey, y'all. And uh, they'd be happy to see you. If you've never been to the chat room before, please feel free to pop right by if you're listening live. If you're a member of the podcast community... The podcasting crew, the overnight crew, among other different uh, monikers. Uh, well, uh, please don't forget to like each episode, subscribe on a couple of platforms, leave a comment here and there. It makes Brother Deacon Ace a very happy when you do that, and it helps the uh, algorithms to push us up in the list a little bit so that people can see how much uh, folks enjoy and get value from this 20-plus year exercise in independent broadcasting, progressive broadcasting, liberal broadcasting, non-commercial broadcasting, non-capitalist broadcasting, broadcasting that is not oriented toward profit. Whew, that was exhausting. Hi, I'm Robin. And, uh, well, program ended on a somber note yesterday, but I wanted to add one last thing. Figured out something when I was thinking after the program went off the air. I know now why my dear friend Wayne checked out on the 28th day of February. Because he realized, and he did not want, to check out on the 29th. Because then then he'd only be remembered every four years. Murr. Had a fantastic sense of humor. Um, But thanks for all your kind thoughts. Uh, he has been upmost in my mind, and 
I found myself really wanting there to be such a thing as an afterlife so that he and Gina can be together. But thank you for all the kind words. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, well, the first day of the first, the first broadcast day of the month is always Bruce and Karen's challenge, memorial challenge. They, they too were dear friends of the program. And so, uh, Chris in Germany and, and Ralphs and an anonymous friend, uh, double the first, uh, double the first day's broadcast if we can raise 300 bucks. And I'm proud to say, well, that's a thing. And so thanks go out to our first day of the month subscribers, as well as to our kind internet friend who did a have a show on me. Thanks as well to Lori. Thank you, Lori, so very kindly. And uh, thank you for your, your kind thoughts. Thank you to Max for jumping in, as he does, in anticipation of Bruce and Karen's memorial challenge. Thank you to Khalil. Thank you to Charlie. Charlie, you're amazing. Thank you to Joseph. Thank you to Tom and Sonny San Rafael. Thank you to Mark. And uh, uh, thank you. Thank you to TJ. TJ said, uh, use this to give yourself a day spa or something that will make you feel good in remembrance of Wayne and Gina. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you, TJ. That's so sweet. Perhaps uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll do exactly that and go and have a spa day tomorrow. That would be oh, that would be relaxing and wonderful. Um, so the bottom line is, Bruce and Karen's memorial challenge is met, and that's fantastic. So for this first day of broad uh, the first day of the month broadcasting for the month of March, well, how do you do? We uh, can have a Friday on the front porch that is uh, fundraising free. And that doesn't just happen every day. Emilio, you're, uh, you're a smart assery is showing. What? Show's on time right at 5 p.m.? Very suspicious. A.I. Robin suspicious. Okay, commemoration llama for Boss Man Wayne not going on the 29th. Yeah. Um, over at his Facebook page, there's a picture of him. Uh, he he passed away in uh, the hospice house there at, well, in the greater Beckley area, the same place where my father passed. And there was a beautiful photograph of... Uh, of him with surrounded with his grandchildren and he was just smile oh my goodness oh he had the biggest smile on his face and it was just wonderful and uh, uh thank you Ralph Ralph said uh I'm going to add 25 bucks for Wayne to Bruce and Karen's challenge that's so sweet Ralph thank you and uh Uh, thank you again, uh, everybody, yesterday. Thank you so much. It is Friday on the front porch, so in about, oh, 54 minutes or so, we will gather over the river and through the woods in the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the extraordinary, ordinary roundtable. 
and uh, cuss and discuss the issues of the day. Let, uh, let me reiterate, if you've never participated in Friday on the Front Porch, I think you'd have a wonderful time. Uh, our dear friend Steve in New York uh, extended an invitation yesterday to Clarence. I don't know. Well, I presume you're out on the road again, Clarence. Uh, but you can always use the stress line to get into uh, the front porch. You don't have to use Skype. Uh, but there is a button at the top of HeadOn.Live that will carry you uh, right into the group via Skype. But on the other hand, you can also use the stress line, 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN. And, uh, well, we'll see where the conversation takes us. Uh, several people have invited Clarence. Several people have invited Todd. And so if you're feeling called out, it's because you're being called out in, in, a, in a good way, in an absolute good way. And I, of course, oh, I love to hear women's voices in Friday on the front porch. I know sometimes we kind of have to uh, we, we kind of have to shout to make ourselves heard, but it's still good it's still good to have a mix of voices. So where do we begin? Well, Nitwit Nero was back in court, and it depends on which article you're reading as to how he did. Among other things, uh, people are describing Jack Smith as visibly shocked when Nitwit Nero's hand-picked maggot judge, Aileen Cannon, today um, indicated she was not yet going to rule on the uh, on the order uh, the motion to reconsider of the order she had previously made that publishes the names of sensitive witnesses and 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 potential testimony as well as material documentation in the case but she was skeptical uh, as Anna Bauer of Lawfare pointed out, of the uh, special prosecutor's claims that she has clearly erred, that it was clear error in ordering the publication of this classified uh, or you know, sensitive information. Anna Bauer went, ahead, went on and said, the ruling would disclose the identities of numerous potential witnesses along with the substance of the statements they made to the FBI or the grand jury, exposing them to significant and immediate risks of threats, intimidation, and harassment, as has already happened to witnesses, law enforcement agents, judicial officers, and Department of Justice employees whose identities have been disclosed in cases in which defendant Trump is involved. Um, isn't that kind of the point? Um, well, thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, long ago picture of Herb Cain there. I, at the beginning of every program, Brother Deacon Asa sends me a picture of Herb Cain to let me know that the packets are passing and the program's getting out. Nine, nine, nine. 
Uh, Lee in New York says, March, the month with the start of spring has arrived. Just saying, I know. And, well, the ramps will be up soon here, and the molly moochers will come shortly thereafter. And sometime about mid-April, the red buds will bloom, and the mountains will turn pink. Ah, it'll be magic. So let's uh, let's get March off to a rousing good start. But like I said, that's the point. Uh, the people doing the business of Nitwit Nero want to make it easier to threaten, intimidate, and otherwise harm uh, witnesses, law enforcement agents, judicial officers, and DOJ employees. And the proof is in the pudding insofar as that's already happened. And point of fact, let me see if I can get my hands on it here. Uh, Maybe not. But uh, the the, the uh, upshot being, some judges are already talking about the the, the number of uh, the the elevated number of threats that they are already facing. And all of this tracks in parallel with the criminality of Nitwit Nero. Now, here's... here. Hmm, I feel like this next story could easily be labeled exercises in dumbassery. As we all know, California has what's called a jungle primary. Everybody runs together in the primary, and the top two vote-getters go to the general election. And apparently Adam Schiff was terrified of Barbara Lee and Katie Porter. And so it's my understanding that some PACs, and if, of course if you ask any questions, well, of course we don't coordinate with the PACs, it's illegal to coordinate with the PACs. But Adam Schiff, who is the front-runner, apparently thought it would be a, a, a smart money bet to have an absolute dipshit in second place behind him. And by absolute dipshit, I'm talking about the uh, uh, moral cesspool, that, the, the walking moral cesspool that is Steve Garvey, the former baseball player for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We talked about him a month or so ago. And so, lo and behold, <laughs> uh, the Institute of Governmental Studies at the University of California, Beckley, Beckley, Berkeley, oh, suffer quietly, Berkeley. It happens to us in Beckley all the time. But, 
<laughs> uh, oh my goodness gracious. Uh, moral munchkin and political lightweight Steve Garvey presently has 27% of the support of California primary voters, while Adam Schiff is at 25%, and third place finds Katie Porter at 19%. Barbara Lee is way off at just 8%. Now, remember, this is to fill Dianne Feinstein's seat. Can you imagine what a monumental screw-up it would be if somehow or another Steve Garvey, a Republican, a maggot, got into the United States Senate? I mean, we worry, you know, we worry about places like Ohio and Montana, Stan, we're supposed to be able to count on California not to send a dipshit to the Senate. Again, Steve Garvey, 27%. Schiff, 25%. Porter, 19%. Uh, Steve Garvey, Lee Oswald. What, Emilio, take your meds. And Schiff is, to a certain extent, the author of this. He's been elevating Garvey over the past several weeks, and the Berkeley IGS poll said it saw a large increase in support for Garvey over the same time period. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, it, I, I'm reminded of the words of the great Will Rogers, who said, I am not a member of an organized political party. I'm a Democrat. Uh, the poll's press release said... Garvey is the chief beneficiary in a low turnout election scenario as he holds a huge advantage over the field among fellow Republicans. Both he and Schiff are the two most preferred candidates among older voters, whites, and homeowners. Ah, oh, y'all, it makes my liver quiver. And this, well, I don't know, this kind of has a dum-dum, uh, sort of law and order buzz about it. You recall, of course, that uh, Moscow Mitch McConnell's spouse is Elaine Chow. She has been Transportation Secretary under Nitwit Nero and uh, Labor Secretary under Dim Leader. Well, her daddy was a shipping magnate. You may also recall that one of his ships was found just loaded, loaded to the scuppers with cocaine and, of course... Uh, 
Nitwit Nero got all over that, as did Don Blankenswine, you know, Cocaine Mitch, and then Mitch McConnell turned around and sold Cocaine Mitch T-shirts for fundraisers. Well, uh, Elaine Chow has a sister-in-law, Angela Chow. Well, no, that's her sister. It's Moscow Mitch's sister-in-law. And earlier this month, in a uh, uh, in, in in an incident that the uh, sheriff's office in Johnson City, Texas, the Blanco County Sheriff's Office says is uh, was not a typical accident. Well, Angela Chow is dead. Now this is a. This is a billionaire, okay? I mean, she did things like uh, go to New York City opera pre-gala celebrations and hobnobbed and hoity-toitied around and the like. And so her death is the subject of a criminal probe in Blanco County, Texas. The sheriff of Blanco County wrote to... Um, multiply indicted Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton yesterday, this incident was not a typical accident. Although the preliminary investigation indicated this was an unfortunate accident, the Sheriff's Office is still investigating this accident as a criminal matter until they have sufficient evidence to rule out criminal activity. She was found dead shortly past midnight on the 11th day of February, wait for it, after being pulled out of a car that had gone into a pond on a private ranch in Johnson City, Texas, about 40 miles from Austin. In a statement issued on February the 16th, the Blanco County Sheriff's Office had said to uh, EMS attempted emergency measures on Ms. Chow, but she succumbed from being under the water. Any other practitioners out there with the with the with the uh, working skill set of a practitioner of the art of word knowing want to help me here? She succumbed. from being under the water. Isn't there a word, verb? There's a verb for, for succumbing from being under the water. Isn't there a little help here? She drowned. Uh, even if there was foul play involved and somebody gave her a Mickey, well, a Michelle Finn, uh, then she still drowned. Now, the Blanco County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, there we are. Thank you, Darlene. Darlene in Connecticut. How about, how about she drowned? Ralphs, she drowned? Is this a case of just uh, 
government doublespeak gone overboard, or do they not know the word drowned in Texas? The sheriff's office went on to say, Our preliminary investigation has determined this to be an unfortunate accident. The investigation is ongoing at this time. And what they were, the reason for writing to the multiply indicted Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, was to ask whether it was okay if they went ahead uh, and kept records and other materials from public access for the time being. But they said, once the investigation is complete, all reports will be released to all requesters. Uh, would this be the case if someone else had, who was not a billionaire had gone into a pond outside Johnson City, Texas on private property and succumbed to being under the water? Now, Angela Chow was also a member of the board of directors of the Bank of China and served as a director of the China State Shipbuilding Corporation. China. Moscow Mitch sort of eulogized her on the floor of the Senate saying, uh, this has been a particularly difficult time for my family. We tragically lost Elaine's younger sister Angela just a few weeks ago. Her husband is a part owner of the Boston Celtics. He previously served on the boards of Facebook, Facebook, Walmart, Marvel Entertainment, News Corp, and Dell. Just the way it's being handled makes it sound like it's squirrelier than it, but still. She is Elaine Chow's baby sister. And nitwit near. And I mentioned this because we were talking earlier about Jack Smith trying to protect the identities of potential witnesses and the content of their testimony to the grand jury. Grand jury proceedings are supposed to be secret and were not provided to the defense for purposes of publication. I mean that's a that's a no brainer that one right there. But but again, Smith seeks to protect those identities because of the raft of threats against people who are perceived to be enemies of Orange Julius Geezer. And here we have a dead billionaire who is the sister of one of those enemies. Against who? Against whom? Nitwit Nero has burbled at length from time to time. Elaine Chow. What? What does he call her? Elaine Cuckoo Chow. Uh, 
and thinks he's being clever doing it. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of uh, takes ass, Ken Paxton, multiply indicted and still not tried, the Attorney General of Texas, is being sued again because he's trying to compile lists of trans people. Not just in Texas. This is dangerous, dangerous territory. Just to do a quick um, historical look back, when the Nazis came to power in Germany, the first people they went after were not the Jews. The first people they went after were the LGBTQ people at Magnus Hirschfeld's clinic, whose name I still can't pronounce in German. And they had actually had registration with the German government. And the registration was for purposes of allowing, in, for the most part, trans people to live in their gender as they understood it. And when the Nazis came to power, they took those lists and used them as a means of rounding up those trans people. And those people's medical records were then the first things thrown on the fire, those massive Nazi bonfires that you can see uh, in grainy films. So Wednesday evening in Travis County State Court, PFLAG, Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gay, who also takes the trans community under its umbrella. Because Ken Paxton has demanded of them the names, the identities, the locations of families with trans minors who have sought gender-affirming treatment. Things like Puberty blockers, hormones for kids over 16. That's terrifying. You might also recall that Ken Paxton has been sending out subpoenas all over the country wanting to know who's getting uh, gender-affirming care. PFLAG is also a co-plaintiff in lawsuits that challenge the Texas ban on gender-affirming care for uh, adolescents, as well as the demand by Paxton, crooked as a dog's hind leg, that uh, Texas's Department of Children and Families investigate parents of children who are getting gender-affirming care for abuse. In both of those cases, PFLAG has already won uh, preliminary injunctions. Unfortunately, the gender-affirming care ban was allowed to take effect under, under the appeal. 
but the investigation of families is still blocked. So on February 9th, uh, the criminal Paxton's office demanded information from PFLAG about communications it had had over plans among families to access gender-affirming care under the claim, and oh my God, this is tissue paper thin, that it was, uh, well, it was related to an investigation into potential violations of the take-sass consumer protection laws. They didn't really get around to saying what consumer protection laws were (sighs) violated. So this is one to keep an eye on. As is a bill that is making its way through the House of Representatives in Georgia that seeks to allow... I mean, I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming. By a 97-74 vote, the House approved House Bill 1105... And that allows the cops in Georgia, I mean, and the cops in Georgia are legendarily awful. It would allow cops in Georgia to uh, arrest anyone that they deem to have provided them probable cause to believe that they're in the U.S. unlawfully. The bill then allows them to, those people to be detained for deportation. Now, just take a minute and try to imagine what sort of things might look, sound, feel like probable cause to some barely literate cop in Bumfuck County, Georgia. Speaking Spanish? Eating a taco? Having a Hispanic name? And this comes as, uh, well... The, the, the maggot's god emperor, the orange skid mark, has been barking and grunting and hooting and moaning and howling and riding the dead back of nursing student Lakin Riley in Athens, Georgia. She was 22 years old. And the suspect, uh, the, the, the man suspected murdering, uh, suspected of murdering her is a Venezuelan citizen that authorities in Georgia say came into the U.S. unlawfully in 2022. Jose Ibarra. He had been taken into custody by ICE, but they released him for further processing. He was arrested in New York and charged with acting in a manner to injure a child, but he got released before ICE could retake him into custody. 
And so Nitwit Nero has been saying, This is the fault of the Biden crime family. I mean, to a Georgia cop? I don't know, Emery and Marveline walking out of... Uh, uh, La, uh, La, uh, El Rio Grande article, Spanish. I'm terrible with Spanish. El Rio Grande Mexican restaurant, uh, with their, with their, with their to-go bags. Well, that's probable cause to think they're in this country illegally, don't you think? Hard cases make bad law. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution said that state representing Jesse Patria is the sponsor of the bill, who said that, uh, well, I worked on this for about a year, but it's got real important after Lake and Riley's death. In other words, they've got a, they've got a victim, and they're going to wave her bloody shirt. Meanwhile, the longest-serving Latino legislator in Georgia, a Democrat by the name of Pedro Marin, said that it's wrong to generalize against entire communities because one individual commits a crime. That's true. We generally have a disdain for, you know, collective punishment. And said... This bill is nothing more than racial profiling. And, of course, he's correct. Uh, back to the email for a minute. Uh, bill Barrick, Angela Chow. Let me see if I understand the circumstances of Angela Chow's death. If she succumbed to being under the water, does that mean her gills didn't work? Oh, Billable. But still. I think you've got by Jove, I think he's got it. Yeah, they didn't deploy. Hey, you know how you know how it is with the amphibian lizard people. Just ask Alex Johns. Uh, Matt in San Francisco, the California Senate. It's concerning. Apparently only 8.2% of primary ballots have been mailed in, and Election Day is the 5th, you know, Super Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's the fit. Just cipher in here real quick. Yeah. I watched the last debate with Schiff, Porter, Lee, and Garvey, Matt says. To my surprise, Lee performed poorly. She seemed nervous and had trouble early communicating her thoughts. Schiff and Porter were the most impressive. Steve Garvey was horrible. He would be asked a question, and he would go off into some rambling statement that rarely had anything to do with the topic. Then the moderator would ask him the question again, and he would again fail to answer. I'm voting for Porter. She seems to have the most common sense policies and a real understanding of what us plebs struggle with in the great state of California. If I was there, I'd be voting for her too, Matt. 
I'm sure Schiff would be an acceptable senator. He's smart and decent. He's a bit too corporate for my taste. My gut tells me that Porter would fight harder for the little guy. She doesn't take corporate PAC money, etc. As for Steve Garvey, I mean, as a devoted atheist, all I can say to to that is, please, God, no. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say all I can say as a devoted atheist is, God love him. If we manage to screw this up, just the thought gets me a little dizzy. Mailing out our ballots tomorrow. Fingers crossed. 8.2% in a, in a presidential election year? What the... And as the article that I was reading from earlier noted, Matt, uh, it's older Californians who are going to be doing most of the voting. So that vaunted youth vote, it remains, ah, elusive, elusive. Dave in the blind with a note. Um, Boss Man Wayne versus a loose cannon. Hello, Horn Family Community Congregation. It's your buddy Dave in the blind, and I was thinking last night after the program that Boston is responsible for me to all of you, and uh, that I'm eternally grateful. No, as for that reprobate Don John, uh, Donald John Trump, defendant, it seems to me that this judge in Florida is just asking for the appeals court to smack her again. God knows she's not confident, but she's a network narrow employee. And I mean employee, not appointee. Remember, remember, smile, laugh, and make fun of these bastards. We fight with the weapons the gods give us. Your buddy Dave in the blind. And then there's uh, uh, George in Corsgold. My amicus brief to the Supreme Court... Ah, uh, this court is like we're living in a John Grisham novels novel. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Including the submersible death condom. Uh, Wave writes: Several billionaires have drowned in the last twelve months. Seriously, though, I made an allusion to the X Files and the smoking guy and Morley cigarettes on Reddit earlier. So to honor Dune's opening night in IMAX, my God, what a movie. Plans within plans, hits within hits. This was a geo-global corp hit. Mitch tap dancing away with that terrified look speaks volumes. Speaking of the Texas trans morass, wait till Texas starts buying phone data from trans kids and abortion patients. Fuck. Uh, Irish Dave says, if memory serves, it was Herr Drumpf that made the exception for Venezuelan immigrants. By Jove, I, I think you've got it. Uh, Ralph's uh, Moscow Mitch. Uh, we lost Elaine Sis. Tur.
lot of stuff out there this evening. And since it's Friday, we have uh, we have some uh, uh, positively meaningless uh, news. Have you noticed that there is an entire nationwide kerfuffle over Wendy's and their pricing plan that they it, I think I mentioned this yesterday. They were going to have a peak pricing where the price of the, the price of one of their burgers would be different depending on the time of day. That's a real marketing genius, and now well, now uh, Burger King has jumped into the fray, and they're offering a discount on Burger King stuff all day long. Burger King's marketing department appears to be pretty darn good. Every Pride Month, they they troll the living bejesus out of uh, uh, the Jesus Chicken franchise. Uh, what was it? A couple of years ago, they donated a percentage of the uh, the sales of their chicken sandwich to LGBTQ advocacy groups to sort of offset the money that the Jesus Chicken outfit uh, gives to... Uh, you know, tax-exempt Christian hate grifts. Oh, and speaking of price changes, is that really what the... Uh, well, I guess we'll say that. Um, because this is hilarious. Those tacky ass sneakers that Nitwit Nero was hawking the other the the other day. Uh, pitching the Never Surrender sneakers, your rally cry in shoe form, and they boasted that the first thousand pair had already sold out within hours. Three ninety nine a pair. Well, two weeks later, now they're being sold for half the price. Democratic campaign finance executive John Cooper said, "I wonder how many gullible idiots bought a pair of Trump's Never Surrender sneakers at the original four hundred dollar price." You can now find them online for under a hundred bucks. LOL. Anyway, whatever price they pay. These MAGA morons will likely never get delivery. It's just another con, folks. Uh, someone named Bob Clendenin said, The Never Surrender sneakers just surrendered 75% of their price. And even Frank Luntz over on the GQP side, The Never Surrender Trump sneakers have surrendered to the deep discount state.
But there are schmucks out there, so there's a pair of size 10s that's uh, being offered for 25 large. A pair of size 9s going for 2024. I wonder if he was to wear a pair, could Nitwit Nero even bend over to lace them and tie the, uh, to, to lace them up and tie the shoelaces? <sighs> and I saw a graphic today that just gave me the giggles. Yeah, you know the Gadsden flag, the what I refer to as the urine-colored snake flag. I discovered today that there are many variations on that theme. I saw one, the urine, the urine yellow field with a little bit of green grass under it, and the snake coiled up, and the snake, <laughs> the snake has a leash on it and a ball gag, and a maga hat, and the motto, under, motto underneath says. Right on me, Daddy. My favorite remains the patriotic, the patriotic snack, with its tricorn hat on and its little buck teeth and its tongue hanging out one side of its mouth. Don't read to me. Or this one that may be the truest of all, the, sna the original snake. Don't tread on me, unless you're a corporation, or a church, or a religious institution, or a rich person, or a cop, I guess, too. Basically, I just hate minorities. And then finally, the best one with the uh, uh, red and black diagonal flag. The top diagonal red, the bottom diagonal black. And a mongoose with a, a dead snake in its mouth that says, I'll tread where I please. Something that smacks a bit of justice. In Colorado today, a former paramedic was sentenced to five years in the joint for his role in killing a wonderful young man named Elijah McLean. Aurora police had detained Elijah McLean, who was neurodivergent, a wonderful musician. And Peter uh, Sachuniak and another paramedic were convicted of being of, of uh, criminally negligent homicide. And uh, Sachuniak uh, was also found guilty of second-degree assault because the two forcibly administered ketamine to Elijah McLean while the while the Cops held him down. Just a reminder of what Elijah McCain was guilty of. He was guilty of walking home from the store. He was listening to music 
on his headphones, and a passing Karen dropped the dime to 911 and said, there's a sketchy person who might be a good person or a bad person walking along. I don't see no weapons. I don't think anybody's in danger. And then the cops and the paramedics came and murdered him. The first cop to show up was one Nathan Woodyard. And he basically jumped the poor young man and said he was being suspicious. Another Aurora cop, Randy Rodema, accompanied by Jason, Joseph, Jason Rosenblatt, showed up and tackled the boy to the ground. And I don't use that term with a negative connotation. Full-grown men attacking a young fella, neurodivergent, who is listening to his headphones. They put a chokehold on him and sent him in and out of consciousness. And all the young man could say was, I can't breathe. I'm an introvert. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. They dosed him with 500 milligrams of ketamine when the appropriate dose would have been 325 milligrams. He almost immediately displayed symptoms of overdose. The poor young man never regained consciousness. The dirty cops were acquitted. Cop Woodyard was put back on the Aurora force and handed a $400,000 check in the process. And then he resigned in January. Only Rodema was convicted of criminally negligent homicide. He got sentenced to 14 months. Uh, the... Uh, the other, Cooper, who did the injecting, will be scheduled in April. And whatever sentence any of them get, it will never be sufficient. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, the undersigned represent the Keebler Elves from whom you sublet. Dear Ms. Kincaid, an unnamed Mets fan has... <laughs> an unnamed Mets fan has brought to our attention that you are in breach of provision 42.933 subpart B, page 812 of the agreement to sublet, that is, you have failed for each of the preceding three months to articulate an obligatory Star Trek reference at least four shows per week. As such, should you fail to promptly remedy this situation, we will be forced to increase the weekly subletting amount billed and due weekly from U.S. 10 cents to U.S. 11 cents and to avail any other uh, uh, avail ourselves of any other remedies to which the elves might be entitled as necessary. Your prompt and kind attention to the above-described violation would be appreciated. Signed, Sage Todd 
of the John Wayne Law Group. <laughs> All right, Lou. That's it. I'm in trouble with the Keebler Elves. We're so screwed. And I'm still going nowhere on getting the uh, getting getting Keebler to return the ice raisin bars. Damn it. As to the gilded sneaker age, Lee in New York, I think we're feeling silly this evening, aren't we? They went from sold out to, that's S-O-L-D, to sold out, S-O-L-E-D. And this resale market fell apart at the seams. Lee, you know where the door is, right? Yeah, you can let yourself out, right? And then there's this on foreign languages from Flavio. Foreign languages that nobody speaks. Nobody can explain to me how allowing millions of people from places unknown, from countries unknown, who don't speak languages, we have languages coming into our country, we have nobody that even speaks those languages, they're truly foreign languages, nobody speaks them. Donald John Trump. Flavio notes, I speak my native Portuguese, English, French, Spanish, and Italian. I have an embarrassment of riches, it seems. You think I could pick the country I'm deported to? Well, wait, no, 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 Flavio, Flavio, Flavio. Those are acceptably white languages. Nitwit Nero is talking about, you know... They, 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 languages that nobody even speaks those. I, I think he's speaking. He's talking about oh, uh, Nahat and Otomi, or uh, Kiche Maya, things like it, languages spoken, you know, up the Orinoco River by the Yanomamo, or for that matter, up the Congo. In Africa, you know, non-white languages. Back to the shoes, Jeremy in Vermont says, at the time of the original sale, you know, 399 times 1K, Trump was facing another payout to the New York Times or Post that was 400,000. Do the math. Suckers. Steve Garvey and Adam Schiff, Billable Ricks, is, uh, well, uh, Billable wrote this to someone named Bob. Hi, Billable. Um, in observing this year's California Senate primary campaign, I've noticed that almost all of Adam Schiff's TV ads are anti-Garvey and emphasize how Garvey is a MAGA Republican who voted for Trump twice and is too extreme for California. Very few, if any, of Schiff's ads attack Katie Porter, and he's largely ignored her candidacy. So if I have it right, did the Berkeley public policy study posit that Garvey has seen his ratings in this race rise because Schiff has elevated his stature by running attack ads against him? Yes. 
If so, that may be a brilliant strategy since Schiff would appear to have a tougher general election race if Porter came in second in the primary since Porter is considerably more liberal than he is. In any event, I'll be voting for Schiff because he brilliantly conducted the first impeachment trial against Trump and earned the respect of Senate Democrats. He consistently supports Democratic policies and is liberal enough for my liking, much more so than the late Senator DiFi. He's been my local congressman for numerous terms and is effective at providing constituent service, and he's a former federal prosecutor with my old office, the U.S. Attorney's Office in L.A. I seriously doubt whether Garvey will beat Schiff in the primary, but we shall see. I do hope that Porter finishes second in the race. It would appear to be anyone's race to win. The first to get to 30% will win the primary. And right now it's Garvey 27, Schiff 25, Porter 19, Barbara Lee 8. And just the, honestly billable, the very idea of having Garvey in second place or first place out of the primary is terrifying. You know, our math to, to even hang on in the Senate is already severely compromised. And this would only make it more so. I mean, I know he's not much of a Democrat, but Joe Manchin counted in the in in, in calculating the majority. He's gone. And whomever the Democratic nominee is in West Virginia is going to have a massive uphill climb, even though make West Virginia great big old uh, Gubernator Jim Justice and Baby Dog uh, are having their property, their their uh, Greenbrier Sporting Club foreclosed upon for unpaid taxes even though he's being pursued for unpaid taxes in places like Kentucky as well. And, of course, you know, Alex Looney Mooney, uh, Maggot Supreme, is in the mix as well. I'm voting Democrat. So that's... Been, and adding California into the mix of things we're already worried about, like Montanistan and Sherrod Brown's seat in Ohio. Because we got to pick up one somewhere just to maintain equilibrium for the absence of Joe to the mansion born. Scary stuff. I, I don't I don't know uh, I don't know billable but I, I'd think about and I'm not tell stop telling us how to vote Robin uh, I'd think about voting for Katie Porter if you want to see a race between Katie Porter and 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 Adam Schiff and then vote for Adam Schiff in the general if that's what you want but electoral politics in the new United States of America the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today forever in the universe under God is weird enough. We don't need to make it weirder by having a philandering former baseball player who couldn't make it into the Hall of Fame 
on the ballot in California. I know where the door is, Leah New York says. At least it makes a whoosh when I approach, trying to help meet the obligatory Star Trek reference quota. And, you know, I, I, I have objections to uh, uh, the, the elves' objection. I think, I, think we're getting our, I think we're getting our Star Trek references in on a fairly regular, almost daily. Very seldom does a program go by without an obligatory Star Trek reference. I think they should reconsider. Uh, Lee adds, SCOTUS dilemma. This is their conundrum on presidential immunity. How can they rule that Nitwit Nero is guilty of nothing while Biden is guilty of everything? You will ruin her voice. Oh, dear. Tis a puzzlement. Shall we dance? Hey, I can sing tonight. It's a fundraising-free Friday on the front porch. How exciting. The, th- the thing, though, with uh, we talked about those 29 words in yesterday's program. The issue presented, the, le- the, the, the nature of the inquiry of the Supreme Court's uh, acceptance of the petition is really super narrow. Whether a president can have immunity for acts official acts taken in office. And while that might be conceivably treated as a case of first impression, it really isn't. Although if there's no statute of limitations on starting an illegal war, maybe there will be an amicus curiae brief from... uh, Oh, I don't know. Former president, dim leader. You know, Nitwit Nero came into office and a million people died of COVID. At the beginning of this century, dim leader came into office and a million innocent Iraqi civilians died from an illegal war. That's two million plus people dead as a direct and proximate result of, of Republican presidencies in 20 years. Apropos of nothing, but it, one might want to consider the fact that having a Republican president can be dangerous to a million people's health. But I'm, I'm struggling to see how even saying, yes, a president has some immunity for official acts helps Nitwit Nero. Because the, the stop the steal, all of that bilious garbage, that were, those were all campaign events, which are not by any stretch of the imagination official acts. Oh, well, thank you, Billable. Sorry for using that former guy's name, Robin. Your email address throws me off sometimes. So according to the poll that you mentioned, the undecided vote is 21%, i.e., 
27 Garvey, 25 Schiff, 19 Porter, and 8 Lee equals 79%. That's astounding. Maybe I'll vote for Porter because Schiff seems like a safe bet to finish in the top two in the primary. I got to tell you, I'm not crazy about this jungle primary notion. It seems like there's too much room for mischief. And I and the other thing that's scary, Billable, if you heard earlier, is the fact that the primary is on Tuesday. And Matt noted that something like only 8.9% of ballots have been mailed back in. That would give me the fan tods. So just something to think about. We are at, well, we're past the top of the hour. Uh, Roger is off at his eye appointment this evening. And I think Jeremy is getting the call started. So, Jeremy, if you are within the reach of my voice, if you would please connect, I would uh, sincerely appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, let me just... Uh, Take a peep in there. Oh, yeah, Bill, uh, I'm sorry, Brother Deacon Ace, the no step on snack flag. I love that flag. No step on snack. waiting for the ring through here. Anybody? Bueller? Huh, there's a fun reference. Stephen New York. Gary Burbank, when he wanted to start something, he used to say, Pluck your magic twanger. From the Broadbank Burbcasting Corporation. Yeah. Let's see if this gets... uh, I'll try this.
Okay, it's just, uh, apparently it's just me and Squeaky. Hey, Squeaky. Hi, Robin. How are you? Oh, fine. We're going to have snow here tomorrow. Oh, fun. Under three inches. Uh, pass. I'm I'm actually kind of excited because Sunday is showing uh, blue skies and 66 degrees, and Monday is blue skies and 68. I can feel my freckles already darkening. We're going to have a monster storm here. Blizzard up. Up, up in the mountains. Blizzard, blizzards. Three back to back. <laughs> well, that's March. Yeah. Lion time. <laughs> kind of quiet in the room this evening, isn't it? Uh, uh, Jeremy's here. Uh Uncle Ruckus was here for a moment. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus? <laughs> we know who that is, don't you? Oh, I think I do. I think I do. Uh, uh, Jeremy says, for some reason, it's not adding everyone. Huh. Oh, well, I got in. Well, I think you're supposed. I, mean, I I don't know how it works. I I don't know the magic. Well, hmm. there are fourteen possible people on the list, I guess, but not everybody's here yet. <laughs> I but strange. Um, check the dateline on this. Yeah, this is fun. You know they deposed Hunter Biden. And, and by the way, in 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 Scott's memory, we have a new song. Uh, Jeremy's going to start restart the call. Oh, okay, okay. Justin Bobert, Justin Bobert, the Hunter Biden of our times. But no, um, Hunter Biden in the deposition of uh, of his, well, in his deposition, closed door with the maggot majority. Uh, Matt, it just gates worse. tried to needle Hunter Biden about his past drug problems. And the and, and the thing the thing that the story reminded me of first is that and and I've heard this from people who are in the recovery community. Anyone who tries to bring up one's former addiction or use it as a weapon is is going to be hard pressed to do so because no one can be no one can be harder on someone in recovery than the person in recovery themselves. 
And so uh, in this this pathetic exercise in 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 just you know political bad political theater, Matt, it just gets worse. Said, oh, "Were you on drugs when you were on the Barisma board?" Hey, Robin, I'm going to remove her from the call and remove Stephen. I'm going to restart it. I was uh, away for a second. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go on with the story. And Hunter Biden looked back at Matt at Just Gates worse and said, Mr. Gates, look me in the eye. You really think it's appropriate to ask me? And Gates said, absolutely. And Hunter Biden replied, of all the people sitting around this table, do you think that's appropriate to ask me? Because Matt Gates is a multiple DUI uh, abuser of hard-on pills and Red Bull, and he, uh, Hunter Biden, finally said, I'm, "I'll answer it this way." I've been absolutely transparent about my drug use. Was I an addict? Yes, I was an addict. What does that have to do with whether or not you're going to go forward with an impeachment of my father other than to simply try to embarrass me? It seems that uh, Abby Lowell, Hunter Biden's counsel, has prepared his client well for all of this. But that line, of all the people sitting around this table, do you think that's appropriate to ask me? Because, uh, well, the Ethics Committee of the House is there. Hopefully it works now. Okay, are we all better now, Jerry? There's Kevin. Hey, so now we know why this thing was behind closed doors, because they knew he was prepared and that there would be moments like this that Matt Gates would get look like shit. <laughs> they didn't want to do this in public because they were going to get the red ass. Anyway. And knew it. Hey, Kevin. You guys hear me? Yeah. Loud and clear. Jeremy's camera's on. Yeah. Hi, Jeremy. There went Jeremy. Sorry about that. We're all fixed now. That's okay. One of these days I'll get all dolled up and I'll get on camera too. But it was a shit show. And the, the among other things, as Jamie Raskin pointed out, they were obsessed. The maggots were obsessed with speaker phones. I guess they expected, you know, Hunter Biden to go and climb the telephone pole at, out back of the old Haney place. I don't know. By the way, President Biden did sign the stopgap measure today. to uh, keep the government running for another week. Jesus. 
You know, if, if we want if we want to have a functioning government, the only way to have that is to uh, not have Republicans in Congress, particularly not have maggots. And now, because they are the the the, the Looney Tunes carcass. Comer Pyle and Jim Jacketoff Jordan are now claiming that the weaponized FBI arrested Alexander Smirnov to protect Joe Biden. Because his bribery allegation was nothing but a nasty little Kremlin plant. Writing a letter, Comer Pyle from Kentucky said, Only after Mr. Smirnov reported that President Joe Biden accepted a bribe from a Ukrainian energy company in exchange for using his official position to oust Ukrainian prosecutor general did the FBI apparently take a hard look at this confidential human source. Apparently he's doing a lot of work there. This is just another example of how the FBI is motivated by politics. Why do, again, why do you never accept flowers from the federal government? Because it might be an FBI plant. Grown. Oh, I know. It's terrible. I'm waiting for that whooshing sound of the of the of the enterprise of the enterprise uh, elevator door opening. But they can't or won't understand. Well, I mean, look, they're Comer Pyle and Jacketoff Jordan are square. I mean, they're both they're both Pooty's corner men or Pooty's their corner man. And the whole business about the ouster of the corrupt uh, Ukrainian prosecutor general, that wasn't for the benefit of, uh, of, 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 of Hunter Biden. That was done at the behest of the entire body of NATO who saw him for the corrupt little Putin stooge that he was. Who was it that had to be chased out of office and when he left, he left a menagerie with like lions and tigers and bears, oh my? Wasn't, was, was that in Ukraine too? Well, never mind. Because we have had a pronouncement about the southern border from that, 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 that leading paragon of intellect the senior senator from Alabama, Tommy the Tuber, who lives in Florida. And uh, uh, he's worried about how we ain't Christian enough here in Merca. And that's why we got... Uh, that, that, that's why we got problems at the southern border. He, he, he was talking to 
Maria Bartiromo over on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda uh, as uh, Mitch McConnell was uh, stepping down from uh, his Senate leadership. I mean, we're 34 trillion in debt, and even Republicans up here, 10 or 15 of our Republican colleagues have voted to spend all this money over the years, and when at a time we should be cutting money. Hey, I'm for helping people, but the federal government is not here to take care of every person in this country. We have to take care of the mentally healthy, mentally, mentally unhealthy. We have to take care of our elderly, our veterans. Everybody else needs to go get a job. They need to get off that couch, but we're paying so many people. Maria, we have turned into so much of a socialist country headed to communism, uh, no free speech, they're taking all of our rights away. We had uh, Secretary Vilsack yesterday in ag, ag uh, meeting uh, in front of our uh, committee yesterday, and I asked him about our farmers. I don't think he understands. Our farmers are in trouble. They are in huge trouble. They're going to go bankrupt. And what are we going to do? We're going uh, to let Walmart grow our food? I think people think that's where it comes from. Uh, we have no common sense here. But we're going to let Walmart grow our food. No common sense. Well, maybe others may not have common sense. Tommy the Tuber has no sense. So, yeah, where's the uh, the government to throw him the who's gal for his freedom of speech he broke? Right. I mean, uh, he, uh, he went on to say that uh, we got to put God back in the government, but... Uh, the government ain't, and, and I'm not kidding. Oh, this is one. He referred to the Judo-Christian values of the United States. The Judo-Christian values. Uh, how, how, do, how does he know they're not the Taekwondo for Christian values? But he said, we can't put God back in government and our judo-Christian values right now because all these my immigrants who know nothing about God. Hey, Robin, I think that is hilarious, the way that he was saying government, government, the way that you always do when Gum you're mocking these fools. <laughs> oh, it's very real. I mean, here's the rest. Of, here's another clip. We need to uh, ask God for our, for help because our country needs help. We're in a tough situation right now. Uh, I'm right here in the middle of it. Uh, I get to see it every day. And you're exactly right. We live in a constitutional republic that's trying to do things without our judo-Christian values. And that's how this country was built. And we got to get back. See, y'all thought I was making it up. Our judo-Christian values. And our, wait, um, our Kung Fu Christian, ba everybody was Kung Fu values. Sorry. Hi, Carl. Hi. Hey, that guy <laughs> couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> I know, but. I mean, uh, haven't uh, they ever we're, heard of the we're, we're enlightenment? Of a, uh, we're of a certain age. Does anybody else remember the high karate ads? Oh, yes, I remember that. The high that karate, clone? yeah, the high karate Christian values too. Don't forget them. <laughs> well, you know, I don't even think we were founded on Judeo Christian. Yeah, we, no, we weren't. 
<laughs> I mean, it was the opposite. I would, I, I'm thinking. Yeah, pe- know, I mean, people point to. Yeah, actually, um, we were founded primarily on what is referred to, and you know, way back in the archives of Doctor Bill, it can still be found. The, the discussion. We were founded on what's called the Scottish Enlightenment. And, you know, that's that's people like Locke and Hobbes and Calvin. No, no, not Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, but uh, what, uh, Montesquieu? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting that name out of order. But, but no, the, the, the Scottish Enlightenment. And the reason I always remember that is because my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather back in merry old Scotland was a publisher. His name was Alexander Kincaid, and he actually was the first man to publish the documents of the Scottish Enlightenment. And uh, uh, Jefferson read it, Franklin read it, Hamilton read it, Madison read it, John Jay, all of those, all of those wealthy white dudes. But no. Uh, yes, Emilio, Alexander Kincaid is Clan Kincaid. There can be only one. Uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not, I'd love to, but I'm not gonna. I want a Toyota Highlander. You know, the SUV. Cause I saw the, the, the most hilarious decal. Somebody who owned a Toyota Highlander had put a decal with four people with no heads and one person with a head and a sword, and it said there can be only one, and they had put it right over the word Highlander on their Toyota uh, SUV. Would that just be perfect? There can be only one. But let's go. Let's go back to. Uh, Tommy the Tuber, just for a minute, now that we all know I was not making it up and just funning around that he said judo-Christian values. Do things without our judo-Christian values, and that's how this country was built. And we got to get back to that. If we don't, we won't make it. The biggest thing right now, I will tell you, is what's going on at our southern border. Uh, when you've got a country without borders, you don't have a country. Again, it goes back to one thing. God is not in this building. We've got to get God back in this building. We've got to get God back in our country. We've got to get the God back in the nuclear family. We have to get moral values back into our country. And you can't do that when you have a million people every couple of months come into this country that know nothing about God, that know nothing about our laws and Constitution. Yeah, we got that. They know nothing My about God. God. Oh, I know, Carl. <laughs> I mean, the Catholics that are coming from the south of us don't know anything about God? Well, right, because they're Catholics. Mary oh, worshippers, okay. okay? Mary worshippers. <laughs> Idolaters. Well, I think it's pretty scary that people are going along with this. The American people, a lot of people in the United States, even good people, believe that we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And they just nod their heads and go along with it. And, you know, sooner or later, we're going to end up in a theocracy. Because they've never been taught better. 
Exactly. I mean, there is, you know, American history is an actual real thing, and people like to pretend that, or they like to think they know. They don't know. Yes, exactly. No, they don't. I mean, as far as far as they know, George Washington, George Washington sailed the ocean blue in 1492, <laughs> and then Abraham, and then Abraham Lincoln, can, and then Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, that? and yeah. I mean, how does his mind jump from complaining about immigrants to God? I mean, there's not even a connection there. God is not in the room. What the hell is he even talking about? Yeah, it always seems that God is very squeamish and feeble. <laughs> you yeah. can repel him real easy. But the idea that these people are walking thousands of miles with the meagerest of possessions on their backs. And I'm pretty sure they're praying the whole way. Oh, yeah. Am I missing something here? No. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And and as Randy Radar points out, uh, and, and it's an invasion. You know, with uniforms and guns and everything. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of guns, yes. I have a slight update for everyone. I don't know if everyone remembers, last year this made national news. In upstate New York, I think it was around Halloween, sometime in the fall, a uh, group of kids pulled up the wrong driveway, and a girl got out, and the homeowner shot her dead on the spot. Yes, wasn't that he in was, Pennsylvania? Was, no, that was upstate New York. Oh, okay, okay. He was sentenced to 25 years to life today, the maximum he could get for it. Good. So, there you go. Uh, thank you for that, Jeremy. It's nice to have, you know, something that smacks a little bit of, ju of justice. Uh, Billable Rick has awarded me a cowbell for my inadvertent reference to Calvin and Hobbes. It's important to me that y'all get my little, my little jokes, you know, off the cup and on the fly. Thank you. Thank you, Billable. And, oh, Darlene. Oh, Darlene. But still. Love you. I know this is very bad, but I guess those judo Christian values didn't help Angela Chow. Oh. The llama is almost comatose, Darlene. Bad connecticution. Bad. That in San Francisco, Tommy the Tuber. I'd like to watch a debate between Tuberville and Trump. I think I would. It would remind me of what dropping acid was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the brown acid. Don't, don't, don't. It, yeah, the stuff that was it, from Woodstock. But would that be a debate? I, I mean, I don't mean to take the program into the gutter halfway through it or anything, but. Wouldn't wouldn't a debate between Tommy the Tuber and Donald Trump just be the sound of of of, of Tommy unzipping 
nitwit Nero's fly, followed by a lot of slurping noises. <laughs> I mean, oh, that doesn't bother me. I'm a denizen of the gutter. Apparently, a lot of us are. <laughs> I complain when we leave the gutter. <laughs> I belong there. I mean, well, wherever you call home, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of God, do you do you guys um, ever watch this YouTube channel by this guy named Owen Morgan? I've never heard of him, no. Well, he's really great because he breaks down like a lot of religious uh, leaders, what they're saying and stuff and points out their inaccuracies and things like that. And he, I saw a video today of his where he had like, there's somebody that's like from Kenneth Copeland's little gang or whatever. And there were these guys and they were discussing how Hitler was, you know, such a bad guy and blah, blah, blah. But Boy, would it be great if we could get a good guy who did what Hitler did. If a good guy can do that. And the other one's like, yes, a Christian. And I just thought, my God. It's frightening when, it's frightening when you look at, at, at what uh, too many people in this country would be happy to turn this country into. Yeah, they don't mind a dictatorship. It's really, it's really scary to me. Well, they don't mind it because they don't think it will touch them. Exactly, and they don't think a theocracy will touch them. But let's wait until these adulterers get stoned in the middle of the street. See how they feel about it then. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Cheerful. I know. Little ray of sunshine, right? <laughs> Call me Mr. Cheerful. Uh, Lee in New York says, American history. On I Love Lucy, Ricky said that he only knew Columbus discovered Ohio in 1776. But the truth is that new citizens know American history and government far better than those native-born. And I, that, that's absolutely true, Lee. People who get naturalized in this country actually have to take a test that the vast majority of Bubba's and Emery's and Marvelines would probably flunk outright. It's like, first question, what is our government based on? God. The Bible. That's what they would answer. There you go. <laughs> the Bible. Judo. <laughs> Our culture and values. Oh, I wanted to have a uh, he's not going to make it update. Um, he went to court today, and it what Nero did. Uh, the one in uh, this is the case in South Florida, and CNN's Caitlin uh, Palance reported. He kept closing his eyes during the five-hour hearing. Trump appeared to grow impatient by 3 p.m. just before the five-hour hearing's end, shaking his head as Prosecutor David Harbach stood up to deliver his closing argument. He barely looked at uh, Jack Smith. 
And the thing is, that closing his eyes, that may not have been him being tired. That's him not being able to cope with hearing his sins read out in his presence. I really, I really, I really do think Todd is gonna Todd's gonna be proven correct in this. There were heated arguments during the hearing, and Caitlin uh, Palance said Trump sat there. He listened pretty passively for most of the hearing as the arguments were being made. But then he began to close his eyes. And we, I mean, we kind of, we've been, we've been there, you know, where it's just like, oh, and you, and you, but he's got a lot of this in his future. And, oh, and the maggots over in the house are getting a little nervous. Uh, that that uh, that little hobbit uh, Patrick McHenry, he's more like a he's more like a Smeagol, which is like a proto hobbit. There's our obligatory Lord of the Rings reference for the evening. Uh, Patrick McHenry, McHenry is quitting at the end of his term, and now he's decided to start throwing the occasional dart at Mullah Mike Moses Johnson. And over at Politico, they reported that McHenry, according to a banking lobbyist, <laughs> uh, the, the banking lobbyist telling Politico that McHenry speaks for what I would call the leadership class of the conference, and he uses the Shawshank Redemption metaphor. Andy Dufresne has to crawl three miles through a pipe full of human shit to go and reach freedom. And Patrick McHenry's like, well, you can crawl slowly. Or you can quarrel quickly. Now, uh, the analogy is supposed to be like, you know, just make a decision. And so other members of the maggot carcass are beginning to fret about, well, maybe Patrick McHenry is more dangerous than he seems. Uh, he used to be, he used to call himself a bomb thrower. Other people used to call him the GOP attack dog in training. And now, after the whole Kevin McCarthy debacle, he's on the outside looking in with Mullah Mike Moses Johnson. And Louisiana maggot representative Garrett Greaves said uh, his candor isn't just motivated by the fact he's leaving. I think it's motivated by an extraordinary amount of frustration that he feels. And uh, McHenry said, I've been around leadership decisions for quite a while. I've never been bashful about sharing my views, either in the room or outside the room. And what I'm saying is obvious to a majority of the House Republican Conference. I wonder how long it'll be before the long knives come out from Mullah Moses Mike. Uh, 
seems like it's not. It, it seems like that day is bound to be coming. I can't wait. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. I know. Yeah. McHenry's an asshole, though. Oh, he absolutely is. Giant. And I find this one kind of funny. Uh, wait, eyes closed? Lee in New York says, you mean like toddlers who cover their eyes to pretend that they don't see it, it isn't there? Obligatory Star Trek reference paraphrase from TNJ Darmok, Trump, his eyes closed. <laughs> oh. Yeah, what would that what what would that be? Uh, nitwit and Nitwit and Nero at Magaloco. Trump, his eyes closed. Everyone, I think everyone knows that I'm not a big fan of Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman ever to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States, appointed by old six 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 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan. And who passed away not too long back, and I said that her her tombstone should read, gave America, uh, forced George W. Bush on the American people who did not want him. So now, there's been a push in the state of Arizona to make a statue of her one of the two statues that each state gets to put in the uh, statuary hall in the United States Capitol. And it's absolutely hilarious that conservative Republicans from Arizona Stan, Carl, you're in Arizona Stan, aren't you? Oh, yeah, everybody loves her here. Well, Representative Alexander Culloden, um, you know, if, if you, there are places you can go and get a high Culloden, it'll clean you right out. Uh, uh, Representative Alexander Culloden of Scottsdale said, well, We cannot allow the distinguished members of this here body to have to suffer walking by such an undistinguished jurist when they enter here in the morning. But it wasn't going in the state capitol. It was going in Statuary Hall in D.C. And, yeah, of course, that doesn't make any sense, any difference to him, though. And Alexander Heikeladen said that she was uh, uh, a horrible Supreme Court justice because of how she ruled on abortion and affirmative action. And I had no idea that there was a place in Arizona stand called the Santan Valley, but they got a representant named Neil Carter. He said that Sandra Day O'Connor was the worst thing that happened to the federal bench. I believe that we should honor people, things, and institutions for their merit, and not merely because they come from this here state. I added the here. Here. Ah. <sighs> So they don't. Well, Santan you know, Valley is very white, very uh, upper middle class, and Mormon. Oh. So white, so rich, and so Mormon. Yes. 
We can't have no sister wife in the statuary hall. I don't know. Maybe they're learning the they're learning the lesson of Alabama, who put Helen Keller on the back of their state quarter, and then I think they've got a statue of Helen Keller in Statuary Hall. And then, uh, well, somebody might have pointed out to them she might have been born in Alabama, she might live in West Virginia now. That, well, Helen Keller was a socialist. And before she was a socialist, she was an outright communist, and she was a uh, she was a trade unionist, and and on top of that, she was a pa- pacifist. But that great conservative state, Alabama, put her statue in Statuary Hall. I think maybe one of the reasons they don't want the statue more than any other is because of a bill that was signed into law by Joe Biden for statues of both Sandra Day O'Connor and Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And there's uh, $500,000 that's been appropriated for the statue. Well, they named the law school at ASU after her. Which I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, George Mason University has the uh, fat, dead Tony Scalia School of Law. They even have a friend who graduated from there. But I love the fact that they think she was too liberal when, in fact, she is the the, 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 the person, the woman, who handed us dim leader against the will of the American people. Yeah, but the maggots hate George Bush and the Bushes. Oh, sure. But they sure did love them when they were slaughtering brown people to the tune of more than a million human beings. Oh, and here's something to give us all the fan tods. Nitwit Nero has declared that Greg Asbot of Texas is absolutely on my VP shortlist. Uh, and, you know, that's the... A little bit unintentionally funny because, well, never mind. Uh, The story came from the Texas Tribune and Matthew Watkins. And uh, this came at the... Uh, yesterday, as Nitwit Nero visited the southern border, and he and Greg Aspot gave a joint interview to uh, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. I think it would have gone a lot more entertainingly if it had been a joint interview. He's done a great job. Yes, yeah, certainly he would be somebody I would very much consider. 
the Hannity job, that life uh, life support system for a haircut, said, so he's on the list? Absolutely he is. So then the Hannity job said, well, who else? And he said, uh, 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 Tim Scott. Uh, uh, Tim Scott. And, and as to, you know, tormenting people on uh, trying to reach safety in the United States. Uh, he really stepped it up. It's been amazing. This is an incredible operation. But then maybe Greg Aspot doesn't want the job. He said, I'd rather be governor of Texas. I think you're doing well. I want to keep you in Texas. On the other hand, then there was President Biden. And some people are like, what? Why? Uh, Biden was in uh, Brownsville, Texas, also at the southern border. And proving himself the bigger man, Biden said that he uh, wanted Trump to tell tell uh, Congress to pass the border bill that's the most vicious immigration bill this country has well has had in probably a hundred years. And Biden said instead of telling members of Congress to block block this legislation, join me or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. It's never going to happen, but there's a big uh, there's a, a, a big difference in the optics and the vibe. Well, I live in a border state, and it doesn't seem to me like there's caravans of people migrating into the United States. Well, it's, it's you know, every presidential election year, there's a caravan. Yeah. That's because they have invisibility technology. Wake yeah. up, sheeple. Yeah, cloaking, cloaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe they're invisible. I mean, these are the the same people that you know think that JFK is alive somewhere. So, and JFK <laughs> Jr. Yeah. Oh God, we're in trouble. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I, I can't. But I can't just. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't just wallow in 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 fear, frustration, and grief. Um. Uh, by the way, Darlene in Connecticut said that Aspot shortlist crack was hot, funny, Roxanne. But who am I to talk after my in poor taste Angela Chow joke? Well, I mean, quid pro quo, right? Quid pro quo. There is no quid pro quo. Matt in San Francisco says Trump and Biden, if you listen to what the two of them said at the border back to back, it really highlights how one man is decent. And one man is knucking futs. I don't think we're going to have any trouble figuring out which one's which. 
And then, of course, there's Talabama. Oh, my God. Now that the uh, the Chief Justice Tom Parker of the Alabama Supreme Court has, uh, you know, and referring to the book of Genesis 40 times and God uh, 80 times, declared that em- uh, frozen embryos in test tubes are actual children. I guess they're just in there licking their little microscopic snow, cl- snow cones. Or, I don't know... Uh, Slush puppies, ICs, but the, uh, the the Alabama legislature just happens to be in session, <laughs> and because they because they realize that that, that the uh, their their Supreme Court eight out of nine of them really stepped in it, they've tried to craft an IVF. Legal legality bill, and uh, well, they they they've introduced a bill that would shield doctors from any sort of liability if IVF embryos get destroyed, and that's the thing they don't all even when they're implanted they don't always stick. And they can come back out with, you know, in the form of a spontaneous abortion. The bill will probably pass. But uh, as one individual pointed out, the Republican plan to save IVF would make doctors immune from civil liability, even if they screw up your IVF and destroy your embryos, costing you thousands of dollars. Another said, well, they wouldn't be Southern Republicans if their response to a political crisis wasn't extremely broad tort reform. Uh, those were the liberals on that, on, on, in, in regard to that ugliness. But the maggots were mad, too. As I feared, now the couples who did IVF who generated this case will be completely screwed over because of a media panic. Damn, they're treating the embryos as less than property. America is a bad joke. Less than property. Oh, I don't know. I imagine some of those uh, those IVF embryos are three-fifths of an embryo. Hello there, Robin. You hear me? Yeah, I do. Hey. Hey. Good evening, everybody. Well, maybe they shouldn't have uh, been so... Back crap crazy and make that declaration in the first place. I mean, what do you think people are going to do? Well, but Tom Tom Parker was just doing the bidding of Jesus with eight uh, with uh, seven other members of the court. And remember that. And, and I don't see anybody mentioning this, Kevin. But the fact of the matter is, they were interpreting a wrongful death statute from the 19th century when there probably wasn't even a microscope in the entire state of Alabama. Oh, right. Oh, boy. You, say, you, sound, like, you sound like Sam in the original Quantum Leap. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got to go back in time. Huey Lewis, you know? Oh, I know. 
And speaking of Jeez. which, I just uh, we we just watched the f- season finale of Quantum Leap on Peacock. Yeah. Uh huh. Wow. I gotta check that out. Uh, if you I, if you haven't watched, I mean, it's it it's it's good. Peacock. Yeah. Quantum Leap. All right. It's really good. Um, I've been getting a kick out of watching Suits. I'd never seen that, and uh, it's. It was wild to realize I was watching a show that had Meghan Markle in it. Oh, Meghan Markle. Oh, okay. And she does a really um, good job. Yeah, she's she's a pretty good actress. She surely is. Uh, what else was she in? Something else. I'm, um, am I missing something? She was in some other show uh, series, right? Besides that, or I'm not. I mean, I'm sure she was, uh, but I'm yeah, not aware I, of it. I, yeah. Um, so I. I tuned in and you were talking about Gates uh, with the Hunter Biden. And uh, maybe you already talked about Kushner, right? Uh, what he said about what he said, what he said to the, he addressed the, the body of uh, Jared Kushner. No. You hear about that one? No. Oh, man. I got to tell you this one. I heard it on NBC, MSN, uh, Nicole Wallace's show. I was, I was working. I guess he goes, uh, so none of you got a problem with, uh, so he goes, Jared Kushner goes to, Saudi Arabia gets two billion dollars, puts it in his pocket, comes back home, and none of you got a problem with it. And I guess a couple of uh, Republican Congress people, a congressman or whatever, said, uh, "Yeah, we do have a problem with it." And uh, I guess a couple raised their hands too, as well. So no wonder they wanted it. no wonder they wanted this thing uh, behind closed doors. They probably knew that Biden and his lawyer would be able to. Expose them and look, oh, look I, th- I think they knew that 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 Hunter Biden would take their lunch from them in public and eat it in front of them. So why did he cave? He just wanted to get it over with. Well, no, I mean, you know what I mean. He didn't. I he, mean, I don't, he didn't want to create a mirror image of Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the optics would have been bad. Right. Yeah, but hey, this it's on record. Oh yeah, and, it is. Uh, I love that one with Kushner. Boy, that would have been nice if that was on live TV. Because I mean, didn't they ask him a couple of retor? I mean, Hunter Biden a couple of rhetorical questions. So, have you ever gotten two billion dollars from the Saudis? And he's like, no. And the, it was one of the Democrats asked a bunch of questions like yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just lobbing, no, lobbing, that. lobbing meatballs over the fat part of the plate and watching them leave the building. It's good. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that one's coming back. Well, so I put a, uh, a thing in the chat room, America Last, a book. Um, I was listening to the Lincoln Project today during work, and uh, the, the author was on with Reed Galen. And I never knew, you probably knew, Robin, that uh, Randolph Hearst went to Germany and courted Hitler and also Mussolini, too, in Italy to pen... Uh, you know, um, essays or whatever for his newspapers after, after he knew what Hitler was all about too. That's, that, that was the thing, I guess, you know, once Hitler took power and everybody knew what he was all about, he, her still went over there and freaking, you know, had him, uh, begging, you know, not begging, but, you know, wanted to make money off of Hitler and Mussolini by putting, you know, essays in his publications. <clears throat> Never really knew that, but. Anyway, that was one of the things that they're talking about. Oh, that's, but, that's okay. fascinating. But 
you know, the, the list yeah. of, the list of people the, the list of America wealthy Americans who bowed and scraped before Hitler is shocking and disgusting. I mean, Henry Ford, uh, Louis B. Mayer, yeah, yeah, who's Jewish, mm. agreed that there would be no negative references to Nazi Germany in any film because they wanted to have access to the relatively massive German movie market. Mm. And I guess he was saying too. Uh, I guess the then Republican majority in Congress in the early 30s or something like that passed some kind of immigration reform where they weren't taking anybody from southeastern uh, Europe. Uh, something about Nordic, uh, I don't know, Nordic, um, what I'm looking for here, dominance or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? You get the picture. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, and I, I don't, I don't have the audio of it, but. I highly recommend going and finding uh, this morning's edition or episode of My Filthy Morning Habit. A lot of the times we only play the clips that are funny. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have said on a number of occasions that the collective IQ of the Morning Zoo crew goes up by about 100 points at least, 125, 130 really, any time that they have Anand Giridardas on. And... Today, I mean, today he really brought his A game. He remind me who you're. Uh, he's a he's he's a journalist, a reporter, um, a I don't know. I guess you'd say a uh, a thought um, a, a thought leader. Uh, yeah, I've probably seen him. I just don't remember his name. Uh, a, a critic of culture. Yeah. The yeah. guy's just all around super duper smart. So he brought it today, huh? Yeah, and he did it in the form of one of the most clear-eyed, concise, passionate, um, coherent explanations and defenses of diversity in the United States that I have ever heard. Wow. Yeah, sometimes that Morning Joe, they get the right people on. It's pretty good, you know. And and in fact, I mean, I know it was good because uh, Mika was sitting there just, uh, bless her heart, with her mouth hanging open, catching flies, just amazed at what he was saying and what she was hearing. Because, I mean, he just nailed it. Yeah. Was he the one that said something about how... Uh, a lot of people moved like that there was a resurgence in immigration and then in the 90s and 80s. And that's how we got uh, all of the technology and stuff. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so, Carl. I mean, I'm not putting it correctly, but I saw a part of that and I thought that I did think that was really cool. It was brilliant. And I love that uh, clip that Joe played of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, as much as I did not like him, Ronald Reagan would not be welcome in his own party. Not today. Uh, okay, I've got the hold on. I've got the highlights here. Thank you, Ralphs, for the reminder. Uh, let me let me scrub through here. 
and see if I can find it because it's it's worth the listen. They had Daniel Goldman and of course Donnie Deutsch and then they hammered uh, the measles mullah down in Florida. That guy's a piece of work. Oh my God, he's 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 a he's he is literally the definition of a menace negligence. to society. Negligence. Criminal, criminal negligence. Did he go to the same medical school as Dr. Ronnie? Dr. Feelgood? Uh, I think he went to the same medical school as that 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 uh, that one clown, you know, physicians for Trump or whatever it was. Remember her? No. Oh, Penny uh, something. The blonde lady. Oh that was... wait, did she? Was no, she in no, front she, of Congress no, explaining she, no, COVID this is, to us? No, this is this is the this is the uh, African lady who said oh. that. Who okay. said that impotence is caused when the devil steals a man's testicles and hides them at the bottom of the ocean? Yes. Oh yeah. Did she say she she was decapitated or something? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. She, hey, Christopher. Hey there. Happy I, Friday, everybody. I, I, Posted I, a couple I, I things about other Nazis, Nazi uh, friends, American friends. I posted in the chat. Right, Charles Lindbergh, instead of remembering him as the greatest uh, aviator of his era, no, we remember him for playing footsie with Hitler. Now, I just double-checked the thing about Louis B. Mayer, and it said that there are a lot of scholars who really dispute that. What just happened? Robin cut out there for about two seconds. Hi, Steve. By the way, the lady who was decapitated, that's the the weirdo who was uh, Sidney Powell's source for the uh, all the all the uh, election stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I'm scrubbing through all of this today, and I I don't know. Maybe maybe Anna Girardas didn't warrant, or maybe maybe this was part of the repeat. I don't know. But I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Was it after they were talking about Wendy's? Well, I saw it. I I, I looked at, I looked at, I uh, looked at my phone, and it was like nine oh four a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, and I am so excited! I have something to do at the end of the evening. You've heard me uh, from time to time on this program. Uh, praise the amazing work of Natalie Wynn. Her channel on YouTube is ContraPoints. And we have been waiting for a new video from her. She only does like two or three a year, and they are of cinematic quality. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lee in New York. Stella Emanuel. That's her. Uh, well... Today, Natalie has released uh, her first video in forever. And, I mean, we're talking about quality here. This thing is 2 hours, 52 minutes, and 26 seconds long. And it's going to be breathtakingly intelligent. Robin, are you going to go see Dune this weekend? I'll probably wait for that to hit 
hit streaming somehow. I'd love to see it on the big screen, but there's no IMAX in Summersville or um, or, or or Beckley. But I just saw the notice that Napoleon has hit Apple TV Plus, and yes, watching that. And I think Oppenheimer is there as well, or will be. Oh, you haven't seen that yet? That's very good. You're, you're going to be very let down by Napoleon. I hate to tell you that, but you are. Really? really Jeremy? Yeah, I heard that. I heard it. I yes, haven't seen it yet. Yes. The reason is everyone saw it all from the maker of Gladiator. Hey, fucking Gladiator. Not even close. Well, I mean, the best scene you've already seen is when they fall through the ice. That's the best part of the movie. Ah. Uh, I don't That's know. I'll still I'll still watch it anyway. Yeah, when it comes on. At least cable. you didn't pay sixty bucks when you include a meal and food to watch it, so <laughs> right. Popcorn. Twelve dollar popcorn. But this new like I said, this new contrapoints video is Twilight. And I dare and defy you to watch this and think and, and not be convinced that she is absolutely the smartest woman on YouTube. Period. Early uh, early comments include people saying, I feel like I'm watching the Bible and all my questions about the universe are slowly being answered. And apparently it is about that book series, Twilight. I put a link about Anand, uh, what's his name? Gerard Yeah, of him on MSNBC this morning. There's a link. Oh, okay. Um, let me, let me. Yeah. So you went and found it? Yes. Okay, let's see if we can run that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, America is a country built of the world. Yeah, I liked that. That was great. And it, it yeah, it begins with uh, that Reagan moment. <clears throat> this, I believe, is one of the most important sources of America's greatness. We lead the world. Because unique among nations, we draw our people, our strength, from every country and every corner of the world. And by doing so, we continuously renew and enrich our nation. While other countries cling to the stale past here in America, we breathe life into dreams. We create the future, and the world follows us into tomorrow. Thanks to each wave of new arrivals to this land of opportunity, we're a nation forever young, forever bursting with energy and new ideas, and always on the cutting edge, always leading the world to the next frontier. This quality is vital to our future as a nation. If we ever close the door to new Americans, our leadership in the world would soon be lost. Would soon be lost. You know, Anand, it's so interesting. That was in 89. Uh, in 90, 91, 92, you had Silicon Valley, Entrepreneurs who were immigrants. Uh, you look at Intel. Uh, you look at you look at the rise of Google. You look at the rise of other tech companies. 
fueled in large part by what Ronald Reagan said right there. Even as Ronald Reagan was saying that, he was looking at the history from that date in 1989. He had no idea, and few had any idea, that it would be a new wave of immigrants that were about to change the face of America and the world with an, with an IT revolution. I'm going to interrupt to say that it just it just gives me such joy. I mean, granted, this is a radio program and I'm talking about video. But the look on Mika's face, <laughs> looking at Joe like she's like like she's just so proud of him because he just tied his own shoelaces for the first time. Because, much it. Yeah, because, you know, he was part of the, ga- the gangrene revolution. And, you know, conservative. And she has, she has, she's watched him actually go from being a right-wing POS to something verging on a decent human being. Can you imagine any Republican making a speech like that at the Republican convention? Oh, God, no, Christopher. They'd be, they'd be taken out in the square. Yeah, uh, pitchforks and, and torches. And ordered, right? Yeah. yeah. It'd be Mel, Mel Gibson the end, <laughs> at the end of Braveheart. Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> Might even paint him blue. Well, well oh, is that red. where freedom comes from? Uh, and let's see. Uh, Bill Wilrick says, uh, Robin, please tell Darlene not to feel bad about the distasteful Angela Chow joke. I was first. True. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, no, uh, Steve, I asked uh, Ralphs about that last night. No allergies. So we're good there. Uh, on Napoleon... Suman says, Napoleon's okay, but they showed him as a bumbling idiot in a few scenes. I did not like that. At least I never got that feeling when I read about him. Ridley Scott is English. Maybe there's the reason. I don't know. I'd love to hear what you think. Well, I I, I will share after I've watched it. Uh, of course, you know, I'm going to watch it on the small screen. I'm sure it was a better big screen experience. Uh, hey, Robin. Where did sit liberty sit come from? Uh, it's an old. It comes from the early days of Saturday Night Live, Carl. Uh, I don't recall it. Yeah, remember Chevy Chase did, and you know there was no makeup, no attempt to look look like him whatsoever. But Chevy Chase did his part to make sure that Gerald Ford was not reelected, or not elected actually, because you know he stepped in when Nixon. Uh, exited oh, so stage was that right the wing. Name of Gerald Ford's dog, or something. That was the name of Gerald Ford's dog, Liberty. Oh, okay. And when and, and when and when Chevy Chase would do his bit, he'd set Liberty, set, and they would all, and they would always show this this ceramic spotted dog, just sitting there not moving. Set Liberty, set, and then you know Chevy Chase would fall over the podium. And and they and they managed to paint Gerald Ford as a bumbling oaf. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I remember. Uh, yeah. So that's where set liberty set woo, comes from. <laughs> okay. I, it's one. It's, every now and then I'll just do something and it'll kind of stick. And, uh. and so it's fun. You know, it's it's like some of these long-winded descriptions. You know, good God fearing, upstanding Bible believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, oh, fundamentalist, yeah. amosexual, uh-huh. Christian uh-huh. Republicans. That just happened one evening, and then it burned itself into my brain. And 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 you know, I'm I'm a classics fan, and so I love uh-huh. the I love the Iliad and the Odyssey. And if you ever oh, yeah. look, if you ever read it, you know, it's swift-footed Achilles. Or uh, you know, uh, wily Odysseus, crafty Odysseus. Uh, so, and and you and and it gets repeated throughout the body of the of of the epic. Uh, and uh, so, and and it fixes it fixes people it 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 fixes. Uh, uh, personages from the past or the present in you know in in our minds in in a way and and Lee in uh, Lee in New York mentioning Trump his eyes closed you know Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra it's it's kind of it's, it's in some ways it's kind of that sort of thing Steve in New York says I don't like saying these words. Uh, Ronald Reagan was fucking right. I have to lift a beer for those words. Well, here, here. Uh, let's let's go let's go back because I want you to. I, I actually want us to hear Anand Giridardas. You know, it's rare for me to feel the emotion of wanting to smash the retweet button of Ronald Reagan's words. Um, but what a moving what a moving yeah. clip you just showed. And I, I think yeah. it gets to this notion that. We shouldn't be having a defensive conversation about immigration that starts with some amount of border chaos. We should have our own conversation from first principles about this is an extraordinary country. It is extraordinary for many reasons. Among the reasons it is extraordinary, it is a country built of the world, from the world, from every part of the world. Right. And I have had the fortune as a journalist, as a foreign correspondent, to visit dozens of countries. And I've enjoyed all these countries I've been to. But I've actually never been to any other country that truly aspired to be a country made of the world. So when you're in France, France is there's there's immigrants in France, but it is not like the United States. It is not a country made of the world. It is a country with Frenchness. Right. A lot of countries in the world, people don't even know they don't even have birthright citizenship if you live there if you're born there and your parents are from there you you still don't necessarily become a citizen eric lee a friend of mine chinese american wrote in in a memoir called the china man's chance about his family's been in china thousands and thousands of years he his parents left this gave me chills came to america he said if he wanted to go back and become chinese he couldn't (laughs) five thousand years of loyal living in china one or two generations in the United States. Becoming Chinese is not a thing. Becoming Indian is not a thing. Becoming American is something that we do to a million people every year. We've done it under Republicans, under Democrats. My family came here 47 years ago. I think we've had a pretty good run of contribution to this country, except my own. And, and I think Please. we need to not just react. 
to whack-a-mole crises ginned up by fascists, but actually Uh own this notion that our blood is better with the blood of many people in it, our country is better when more people are here, we have built everything we can because we have every kind of idea, every kind of contribution mixing together, and people who don't have a heart, people who are miserly or people who are cynically trying to raise money off of hatred, don't belong in the American story. And, you, you know, I mean, am I the only one with chills at that? Where everybody go? It, it, it was pretty amazing. Hey, hey, Robin, I know it's I know it's really noisy again. I'm, I meant a little. That's OK. Restaurant. Sounds yummy. Yes. What, what was it? Whack-a-mole. What did you say? Whack-a-mole crises ginned up by... Fascists. Fascists. Now, if that doesn't deserve a cowbell, I don't know what does. Oh, it absolutely does. And, you know, I give, I give, I give, I give patriotic uh, 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 props and plaudits to them. I mean, I, we joke, we carry on, I, I, you know, but uh, the fact of the matter is I'm proud of those guys because they're using the F word. They are calling a fascist a fascist. They are calling fascists fascists. It only took eight years. I know it's another. I know it's another one of those out so far out in front of the curve. It's like we're on straight road moments. They're calling fascism fascism. Yeah. And and how can you not? I mean, hating immigrants is ur-fascism. It is a founding principle of fascism. You know, the Italian fascists uh, hated the Libyans and the Ethiopians. The German fascists hated the Jews and the Roma and the queers and people with disabilities. Kind of in the other order, but same, same. Fascists are obsessed with this idea of, 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 and, and, you know, Stanley Kubrick mocked it in 1962 in Dr. Strangelove. Purity of essence. Mandrake, get me a grain alcohol. Mandrake, get me a grain alcohol and rainwater and whatever it is you limeys drink. The Russians, what do they drink? Vodka, isn't they it, hate, Mandrake? They hate the other. And what more other is there than immigrants? Right, or, or, or deviants. Don't forget that word. Right. You deviant. Because anybody who isn't them is a deviant. And... I mean, somebody, somebody should give a call to Anand Giridardas and get him to the White House stat. This guy knows how to talk about who we are as a nation. He's the messenger we're all, we've all been looking for. 
I, I feel I feel like today he is. I mean, come on, there are there there are Hispanic families in Colorado and New Mexico who have been here since before sixteen oh fucking seven when the English first got here. And that is a quintessential part of America, too. And we happen to have colonized a, a, a continent, at least a big chunk of it in North America, that has seen peoples moving freely in a borderless world, north and south, for millennia. But try to explain that to Emery and Marveline sitting in their matching Barca loungers at the Ballerina Swan Lake Country Club and Trailer Court, and all you're going to get is the same look that a calf gives a new gate. Yeah. You stole last, my job. Yeah. In the last couple of years, I want to say last summer some point, at White Sands Bombing Range, and covered footprints of humans yes. with um, other animals that are over 22,000 years old. And the, and the best part of it is some of those footprints, Jeremy, were children. They yes. were children playing in the mud, stomping in mud puddles, which apparently children have done from time immemorial. I want to see an embryo do that. This whole Columbus <laughs> discovery has been put to bed a long, long time ago, 20,000 years ago. It's. It, it, I mean, I was just so impressed this morning. And now, now, hey, Robin. Yeah, yes, Steve. I'm oh, sorry. That almost makes me want to tee up Lee Greenwood and actually believe it. <laughs> All right. You don't count out for that. No, put down the. Don't tee it up. No, don't play the Steve. Song. Put down the Pilsner and step away from the bar. Just don't play the song, Robin. Please don't. <laughs> no. I'm Chris, can't I'm take you. Please, please don't. don't do that. Please don't do that. I, don't, I can't yeah. find my swir- swir- swirly straw. Now, now, see, if we had a fundraising deficit, bitch would do that. No. But, Steve, if we play that song, will you start humping a flag like Trump? All right, Jeremy. <laughs> you know, I, I hate sometimes I hate the things that you 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 freaks and ne'er do wells put in my head. I just had a I, ju- I just had a mental image of a stripper painted painted orange. Oh God! Pole dancing with an American flag on the pole. Oh, shit. I said it last week. We live rent free in your head. Yes, you do, Robin. That would be baby carrot diarrhea orange. Uh, Christopher, you know I love you. You can fuck right <laughs> off because of the baby you know food carrot. He knows snack. Well, the thing the thing I'm is. The thing is, I already finished my dinner. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue this into a little bit of food porn. Oh, you're great. 
because uh, the best carrot cake recipe I have ever had uses Gerber baby food carrots. Oh. My mother made that, and, and, and I saw what was going on. I was like, Mother, I will have nothing to do with it. And I don't know why, not, why when I say mother now, I sound like Daffy Duck. Mother. Uh, <laughs> but, it, no, it's, it is. It is the best. I mean, look, look. you can look probably the recipes out there. Uh, baby food carrots, carrot cake or something. Oh, it's so good. And the carrot flavor is so much more pronounced than it is when you sit there and just grated fucking carrots for half a fucking hour. Uh, no, it's so much better. And by the way, since we're since we're backtracking to things that make people scream, uh, what I said about Nitwit Nero a little bit ago, um, I just got a note from Jessica in the uh, greater Rochester, Minnesota uh, co-prosperity sphere. Oh, my God, Roxanne. Tuberville going down on Trump. How dare you? Yes. <laughs> you neglect. And, and, and then go, making matters worse, not better. Thanks, Jessica. You neglected to include the gagging noises with the slurping. I thought, uh, I thought you were raised better. That's good. Dear God. That's disgusting. Well, earlier when you said Trump told Aspot that he was thinking about having him as a, one of his VPs, I thought, oh, God, did Tim Scott scrape his teeth? <laughs> Shame on the I got a cowbell. Yes, you did. Not fun. Don't, don't, don't sound surprised. Just you know, it's 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 like scoring a touchdown in football. Act like you've been there before. <laughs> Poor Tim Scott. I mean, he's. I was watching like the Snuffleupagus. I was watching Snuffleupagus on Sunday, and Reince Priebus. Everybody remember him? Reince Priebus. Oh God, yes. He's the darling of uh, uh, Snuffleupagus show now, and he was uh, espousing how um, the polls are showing that uh, Trump is going to get twenty two percent of the of the black vote. I'll believe that when I see it, and and with these latest comments, I, know. I mean, if anyone's paying attention, are you kidding me? Could you be more of a racist? Yeah, that was. It's like a terrible. racist trying not to be a racist. And also, hey Christopher. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. No, go right ahead, Steve. Go ahead. You're you're. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the best thing about what Christopher just said about what Trump is saying. We don't have to do commercials. He's writing the copy. He's writing and reading the copy for us. Yeah, he needs a writing credit on the Biden ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, 
800,000 people came out and voted for Biden in Michigan in a primary. That's like pretty damn good. I mean, I know 100,000 were uncommitted, but percentage wise, it was still like 10, 20 percent, like they were saying. Um, there's nothing historic about it. Like, in other words, it's, it's like Obama got 10, like there's like 10, 20 percent, I don't know, uncommitted uh, 2012. Same percentage. Right. But what was what was Obama's number in the primary? What were the 200 total? Two hundred something thousand. So this was eight hundred. So we're talking what nine hundred thousand total? Eight hundred thousand for Biden. I know that. I don't know. One hundred thousand for roughly uncommitted. Roughly. And then I got you got Williamson and uh, what's the other one there? Yeah, the guy. Philip. Kevin, you're a forgettable Kevin. guy. Yeah. Kevin, you're accounting for the fact that Trump came out and crushed for sixty three percent. Bad news for. Biden's bad news. Oh, right. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that you know it's 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 a lock. I'm just saying. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm thinking of Christian you know. Welker because when she covered it, she said Trump crushed. He dominated. He destroyed the competition. Joe Biden got 80 percent of the vote. It's bad news for Joe Biden that Trump got. 60%. Oh, you're, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm being oh, sarcastic. Oh, yeah. The media. narrative. The media. Yeah, yeah. The narrative. The horse. Yeah. The the, the, the the eternal horse race narrative. By the way, I got a note. I got a note in from Darlene in Connecticut. I wouldn't say Hunter Biden gave in or knuckled under. Hunter was under a congressional subpoena. Apparently, the first one was invalid because of some misfiling or technicality. The technicality was that there was no impe- there was no formal impeachment inquiry. This gave Hunter flexibility to defy it and show up at the public hearing to humiliate Comer Pyle in charge, Comer in charge, and the other trash like marginal. Homer in charge. That's great. Give her a cow, cowbell. Yes, let's that. do. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, you know, jack it off Jordan. Abby Lowell later invited the House Judiciary Committee to negotiate with him and Hunter on a new subpoena. It really doesn't matter what Comer Puke said on several news programs. Ultimately, you need to comply with the subpoena, particularly when you're a Democrat. We know the game board is rigged against the likes of a Hunter Biden, but not against Republicans, maggots, and fascists like jack it off and Steve Bannon. And particularly when you consider the DOJ AG is scared to death of looking political. Well, that is political against Republicans, maggots, and fascists. But Democrats are easy game because we play by the rules, so Hunter had to comply eventually. But Abby Lowell got Comer Puke to agree to releasing the unredacted transcript to the deposition. I say it was a win and kept Hunter from being arrested and thrown in prison because that is exactly what would have happened. Meanwhile, Jordan and Bannon are free to wreak havoc. P.S. And thanks, Billable. Clearly, I'm in excellent company. And that you are, Darlene. And thank you for that. Because, And, and that's, that's, that's exactly my thinking uh, straight up and down. Robin, can I say something real quick, and I'm going to go on mute. I would say, I would prefer if you said it slowly enough that we can all all comprehend it. Yeah. Darlene has been on fucking fire for like the past two or three weeks. I mean, she has, it's been one bullet hollow tip after another for, for, for the last two or three weeks. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I would like to uh, uh, ask that we award Darlene a cowbell just for being badass. That's one badass cowbell, Darlene. Darlene. She's been great. Oh, my God, she's been great. That's all. Uh, okay, we have another uh, request coming in from Billable Rick. 
uh, Robin, please smack Christopher upside the head for telling that baby poop joke while I was eating my afternoon snack. Nice timing. You prick. <laughs> Do my job. Oh, and you know the further language lessons of Roxanne, Suman with a note. Uh, Girid Aradas, just a minor note. You're pronouncing his name starting with it G as in giant. G I is pronounced as in girls. Sorry, I don't know how else to explain. Soft G, hard G. Yeah, nice statement from him. I will say this. I mean this in the best way possible. This country is so accepting that people have to struggle to preserve their heritage. As an example, we have to try and teach our daughter Indian culture whenever we can. In this country, by the second generation, the immigrant is completely assimilated. In other countries I've visited, we've seen third-generation immigrant families still very much isolated from the culture of the countries they're living in. All the best, Suman. It's so true in France, big time. Much to the detriment of that country. It's the Leonard Cohen thing I emailed in last night. Perfectly states it. Yes, I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and uh, I, I love I, I love I love what Suman said because uh, I have a pen pal. I mean, it, we just it's not a pen. We we just you know chat back and forth uh, in India. Uh, I just did. I just did that that way because there's an episode of the the, the TV series uh, Ted, where um, the 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 sitcom mother keeps saying India, India, India. But uh, uh, my my friend is trying to teach me a few words here and there in Hindi, like you know lal for red, and. Uh, and 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 I actually looked up uh, the, the 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 Hindi script, and it's like, oh my God, nope, too old to learn that. But it's I've I've long I've long been a fan of uh, yeah in, Indian culture, Indian food, you know. Uh, Indian Indian culture was you know inventing actual human thought and human speech at a time when the rest of our ancestors were. Scrounging, scrounging around with the with the vultures for what the jackals didn't want, um, and I've lately been on a on a uh, paratha binge. I've got a flat iron griddle, and I get that thing nice and warm, and I put throw the paratha on. I use the Malaysian version more than the Indian version, but it puffs up so pretty, and I buy those uh, you know uh, microwavable pouch. Meals and what side do you call dishes. the spinach dish with the cheese, the Indian cheese? What's that called? Sag. Paneer? Sag. So, what is it? Uh, so, uh, uh, sag paneer. Sag paneer. Yeah. Oh, my God. I could eat buckets of that. Oh, Barrels. And, uh, yeah, that, and I go absolutely hog wild over, probably, that's inappropriate, over um, uh, paneer makani. And, you know, just scooping it up with the bread and, oh! Oh! And, and if you get and if you get the good stuff, it'll open the pores on the top of your scalp, and you, you know, you'll sweat from the top down. You know, my, that might be a really good day tomorrow. Go see Dune and then go to an Indian buffet. 
There's a good one across the uh, see, river. Yeah, see, there's a there's a great Indian buffet in Charleston. They've been there for 30 years. I mean, I, we were ta- we were taking the, the babies there when they were little because one of the things we wanted to do was teach them to be. Well, there's that great line from uh, Ted Lasso where he says, "Be curious, not judgmental." And there's a lot on this planet to be curious about. And you know, trying new things, eating new things. And my friend keeps telling me I would look lovely in, in a sari. I haven't worked up that kind of courage yet. Plus, I'm afraid it might constitute uh, uh, cultural appropriation, so I don't ever want to be guilty of that. Uh, and but, you know what the Indian version of Ted Lasso would be, right? Ted Lassie. Uh, and the same place that I get my paratha is also the same place that I go to get my... That's the one on, Not one even a llama for that one. Oh, all right. <laughs> Little llama. Uh, I, didn't, I, I, I barely even broke my wrist for that one, Christopher. Uh, no, the llama did a did a neutral face, just stare, glare. Mm. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't even a tired llama. That was a... That was a disgusted llama. Um, oh, wow, how cool. Uh, Suman just wrote in and said, What the bloody hell? I made both Sag Paneer and Paneer Makani yesterday. The kid loves both. Winning! Yes! Good job. Good. Oh, yes, good job, Suman. You know, and and you know, we'll 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 take care of the redneck food end of it, okay? I mean, uh, I, you know, but I don't know. Maybe we could all gather together in Alabama and have a chicken dinner. You know, a plate of fried eggs. Sorry, couldn't help myself. Uh, okay, the shit starts. Jeremy says, "Billable, bill, uh, billable, stop telling Robin when to tell other people when to tell orange baby poop jokes." You know what? Uh, I am going to uh, I'm going to knock off a little bit early because uh, I, I need I need to I need to go across the river um, and get there before everything closes down. So you know, there's um, hold on here. There's. Uh, yeah, there's just a few minutes left in the program, but maybe not after all. Uh, Reverbo, is that you? Well, yeah, I was hoping you would you'd get my call before tonight was over. Well, obviously uh, I did. How are you? I'm good. Let me turn off your. Uh, my, let me turn off my computer so I can. You and I can have a little chat. Uh, before everything uh, goes crazy. Everybody, Reverbo, uh, Reverbo, everybody. Reverbo. Okay, listen. Hi. Reverbo. Yeah. Hey, hello, everybody. I want to segue into a different topic. I want to segue into food. Okay. And to, tonight I have I'm making a red chili. Oh, nice. And I gotta I gotta tell you, this is the greatest red chili mix I have ever bought. And I want to sh- share this. With all the listeners, and it's called the Old Hired Hand Six Gun Chili Mixins. Hmm. I'm telling you, it does not get better than this. 
Okay. Now, uh, what you get is if you can find it in your grocery store, otherwise you have to get it online. The old hired hand, six-gun chili mixes. I know I said said that already. Well, you want to do that when you're trying to move product. Well, you do. But in addition to all that what they say to do, you know, what you, you got to do if you're a chili person is add onions, jalapenos, ground beef, tomatoes, ground turkey, ground, you know, an extra cup of salsa, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm telling you, this is so delicious. I can't, next to making it, you know. From scratch. Exactly. This is the greatest thing I've ever found. And it's your old hired hand. It's kind of like, and I know that it sort of sounds like, uh, you know, uh, Walter Brennan. God damn it. You know, he's the old hired hand. You know, it's, it's the, uh, you know. <laughs> you do that well. Well, it's, you know, we're going, uh, my, the mule, we're heading to the, you know, the way he did. So, anyway, what you add is, besides you add the hamburger, the turkey, the tomatoes, the kidney beans, this stuff is freaking great. And I just wanted to share this with your listeners in case they have no idea about this brand. Now, if you can't find it in your store, I got a place to find it online. And it's called... Well, what is it called? Let's have a look. Let's have a look in the old uh, pantry here. It's called <laughs> Soups Soups Online. Soups Online, and it's called Six Gun Chili Mixins. I'm telling you, this is freaking great. Look, listen to this. Now look, they they add cayenne pepper to the to this. And that's not necessary because, well, I would guess everyone who listens to your show and you and me, we already have cayenne pepper in our, in our, you know, cupboard. Pantries, yes. Yeah, but they, they're thinking you might not. So it says, add the cayenne pepper. It says, tenderfoot chili. You know, don't tell them any, you added any, but you did. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it says, then it says outlaw chili, and it says enough to drive the outlaws out. Yeah, well, fuck. And then it says six-gun chili. Add all you want if you want to keep the spoon. Well, obviously, I want all of it. Yes. Right, and I have turkey and ground beef and tomatoes and beans, and I'm just telling your listeners that this, really, this is the best chili mix I have ever Bought. You do a little and celery in your chili too. But, well, I do a little celery have... just for a little texture. Oh yeah, no, I, I've, I've been I've been known to put mushrooms in chili. Yeah, well, you know I tried that want... once and it turned out really good. I think the thing is, if you want to just kind of, you know, chili is like spaghetti sauce. You can just kind of throw in what you want. Figure out how it, you know, what you like. You know, it's not like. Oh, yeah, that, like, that's actually, like. Annette, Annette and I were watching the wonderful Apple uh, Apple TV series, Lessons in Chemistry. And it's great. 
it's it's a it's a wonderful wonderful series and i was right there uh, with with the lead character and and we've had this conversation until well, we she that. put cinnamon in spaghetti sauce or uh, yes mm. no cinnamon in chili until she put cinnamon in chili and i was like well, no you could- no, you know, no, yeah, that, that's the that's the influence. That's the pernicious up. influence of some damn Cincinnatian. You know, one time I was at a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, this is what happens, and people decide to throw in some ridiculous seasoning into into the cranberry sauce, and it's like, come on, this you ruined it. But let's get you're back better to than the, this. The gum, look, the gumbo. <laughs> I've been down to New Orleans, and by the way, the only time anyone has ever pronounced it New Orleans is Eric Burden in Land of the Rising Sun. Everybody else pronounces it New Orleans. All right. All right. My father was a gambler. It's one word. Down in New yeah. Orleans, right? Anyway, uh I'm telling you, all your listeners, everybody, if you can find the brand is Old Hired Hand, six-gun chili mixins. This stuff is absolutely fantastic. So anyway, I'm making it tonight, and I thought I'd call in, you know, change change the subject from politics to food, and, you know, hey. And and the world's better for it. Well, in Colorado today was it was 60 degrees, all right, and we're hoping that spring is on its way. So I don't, you know, who knows? But uh, that's that, that's it. Didn't I hear something well, now you're in the okay, program so, about snowstorms? Yeah, that was that okay. was that was squeaky. Uh, now I'm now I'm now I'm now I'm jonesing for chili. Me too. And I got a big bag of tomatoes. I don't know what to do with. Well, everybody knows that March is going to bring some wet snowstorms. Hopefully not, but maybe. So I don't know. Well, the temperature dropped to seventy-seven here today. Oh my God, that sounds so nice. It's been chilly, and then, right? And, and, let, and let me and let me get let me guess, Carl. People got out their puffy coats. <laughs> well, I'm still wearing uh, pants, which I normally don't wear. I wear shorts all the time. But you know, if you'd you left know, it with, I'm, if, I'm, I'm actually, if you had left it, and I'm wearing pants. It would have been really hilarious. <laughs> what sort of pants? You mean like like uh, Haley? Like joggers? Oh. No. <laughs> now we're. Uh, Reverbo and I are still holding out for the helium-filled pants. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was it's cold in the morning. Six, it was 65 here Wednesday, 30 minutes from the Canadian border. 65 in February. Man, but, it's know. been crappy. Well, and, and, that, and not to take it back to politics, but that reminds me of Tommy the Tuber a little bit earlier. You know, uh, saying our farmers need some help. You know, if you wanted to hip the farmers there, Tommy the Tuber, you might consider taking climate change seriously. Because, I mean, certain points in the summer you can drive through rural Alabama, rural Mississippi, rural Tennessee, and all those stalks of corn in all those corn fields will be brown. 
because it done quit raining for a long time. Well, how about the raging fire that two days ago in uh, northern Texas is the size of um, Rhode Island? Oof. Yeah. Didn't hear about that. Well, the other thing that the tuber head could do is think about who's going to help those poor, poor put-upon farmers with uh, getting their crops pulled and everything, you know, planted and harvested and all that. And if you close off the border, seal it off 100%. Ah, but yeah, but, but, but Christopher, that's those people that uh, Tommy the tuber wants to get off their couch and go get a job. Yeah, but those like people, Bobert's, they've Bobert's been, son. They've been picking. They, listen, they've been picking strawberries and peaches for decades. They, that's all fine. Nobody had a problem with that. You know, that's just how it was, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Until the, I mean, DeSantis said, "Hold my beer." Had any kind of a, you know, yeah, exactly, we, we thought Jeremy. that was like awful. Everybody thought, no, that's all right, you know. But they need a new political yeah. football because they deflated the other one. They de- deflated the abortion one. Huh. Well, look, <laughs> you guys probably don't really know who I am, and I, I don't call too often, but believe me, we are circling the drain, and I know that. And, uh, God, you know, even my life, you know, where, where am I headed? I'm 72 years old. What the hell is going on? You know? So I'm going to hold out hope until, until this election, going to hold out hope. The climate that you brought up, Robin, that is, that is a serious problem that really hasn't been dealt with at all. Yeah, we've been holding on hope since since uh, Obama. We've we've been holding on hope since you know it's it's all it's all crazy. But But if we can if we can if we can get a big sweep a 1964 sweep, we still got a chance. And that's not a great chance, but we still got a chance. That's what we need. You know, it remind it reminds me. it reminds me of 2009 when we waited until August for um, uh, for for um, uh, Al Franken to finally get his seat in the Senate, and by then the 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 Bush economic collapse was in in full force, and everything that was planned to be done got shunted aside in the name of protecting the economy. We were going to have we were going we were going to have we were going to have nationwide card check. Why nope. did Al Franken yes. capitulate like that? Oh, that's another show, Roberto. Because I got to get out. I do. I really do. I got to get out of here. I didn't. I didn't leave all early right, after all. But buy, listen, but, uh, cook some. Cook up. Cook yourself some red chili. I'm out of here. I'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. All right. See you, Roberto. All right. Ah, it's so great Bye, to hear everybody. from Roberto. I got to go too. I have a grocery uh, delivery coming. Okay, well, listen, everybody. Uh, thanks for what you know. We started a little slow, but we built mom- we built momentum. Like that first snowflake that forms the, the 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 first snowball that turns into the avalanche. Y'all did a great job this evening. Thanks. And 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 thank you so very much. So, thanks everybody. 
Thanks for all the kind words and the condolences. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to everybody who made it possible for us to have a fundraising free Friday on the front porch. I don't know how long it's been since we've had one of those. It's fantastic. The flow is so much better, and I just feel so much better. Um, thanks to our a la carte contributors, our challenge makers, challenge respondents. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Hey, I saw Roger get, uh, come back in. I hope your eye appointment went well, Roger. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and uh, like each episode. Subscribe to a couple of podcast uh, a couple of podcast platforms. And leave a kind word here and there because, well, golly, uh, golly darn it, it helps people see that this program is something that folks enjoy and encourages them to maybe give it a try and listen to the myriad voices that make up the Horn Family Community Congregation. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know. The folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 25-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Not out of the woods yet. Wear your mask if you're around maggots in particular, but if you're around groups of five or more in general. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. I know the CDC put out new COVID guidelines, but it seems ill-advised at best from where I stand. I don't know how Paul from Parts Unknown would feel about it, but yeah. maintain your social distance. COVID still kills. And, uh, well... Let's just say this this evening. Wayne and Gina, it's all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.